Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel family church and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Renard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you On Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. Hey church, this is Jake Johnson, and today we have a wonderful message from Pastor Renard Bartow. Let's head over to today's message. So let me set the stage here a little bit for you, okay? King David had a desire to build a temple for God, right? He never got to do it, but he did charge his son, Solomon, to do that. So Solomon built this huge, beautiful temple, right? And things got a little bit crazy, and Nebuchadnezzar came and burned the place down and took over Jerusalem and just kind of wiped it out. So what happened was there were kind of two... Two tribes really kind of, thank you, Jose, left at that time. One was Judah, one was Israel. Uh, and Judah got Jerusalem. Um, if this was after all of that weirdness took place and, and Nebuchadnezzar now is out and King Cyrus uh, II has taken over. So what happens now is King Cyrus hears from the Lord and the Lord tells him to let them rebuild the temple. Let them do it. But what has happened is Jerusalem now has fallen into disrepair because it's, it's been a lot of years. What, we're going to pick it up here in uh, Ezra chapter 3, verse uh, 8. Now, in the second month of the second year of their coming into the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, the son of Jazadak, and the rest of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all those who had come out of captivity to Jerusalem began to work and and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Then Joshua, with his sons and brothers, Cadmiel, and with his sons and the sons of Judah, arose as one to oversee those working on the house of God. The sons of Henadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, whatever, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, the king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Listen, for he is good, his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Yes, the foundation is down, right? 
But many of the priests and Levites and the head of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first temple, wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted for, uh, shouted for joy so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the sound was heard afar off. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of, of the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel as heads of the fathers of the, and the heads of the fathers of the houses and said to them, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do. And we have sacrificed to him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the fathers of the house of Israel said to them, you may do nothing with us to build a house for our God, but we alone will build the Lord God of Israel. We alone will build to the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah. They troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, the king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Whew, man, these names. So Zerubbabel, I mean, he's a somebody. He, he's a direct descendant of David and a direct descendant of Jesus, believe it or not. He is in the lineage of Jesus. So he is a somebody in the big scheme of things. But I want to key on a couple of things. Um, in the middle of praising, right? Did you, did you follow that they were, they were getting their praise on? And in the middle of it, when some of the priests who were older realized that this is it, they started crying. They started weeping. But there were others who were like, yeah, baby, we're back. Why? Why were those guys nagging out? I'm going to tell you. Because, see, they were stuck in the past. They were stuck in a previous move of God. God is doing a new thing. You see, they were like, this house is so small. This see, the weepers didn't get it, right? The weepers the criers, the whiners. They didn't get it. It wasn't about the size of the building. It was about the God of the people. And that's where the difference comes in. <clears throat> so Jerusalem was really messed up at this time. So there was a lot of things going on. And they, the people didn't want the temple rebuilt because they knew that it was going to change their way of life. Because, see, they were happy now. They, they didn't have a temple. They had probably many temples, and they had all their stuff going on. But they knew if this temple got built, it was going to change the atmosphere in Jerusalem. It was going to change everything. Because all of a sudden, this great God was going to be back. Because, you see, God, through all of the prophets, told Zerubbabel, you're going to do this. We'll get there. There were people here trying to infiltrate the workers because, you see, they knew that if they got to the workers, that they could start whispering to the workers and talking to them and saying, hey, you know, you really don't need to do this. What are you doing this for? Why aren't you, you know, doing, why, why don't you do your own thing, man? This is like crazy. And then they got, it says counselors. 
I'm assuming they were attorneys, and then they got attorneys to start suing, saying you can't do this, right? It's, it's, like, it's like crazy. What happens is uh, King Cyrus goes away, and there's a new king in town, and his name is Artaxerxes. So the bad guys send a letter to this king, right? Because Cyrus said, no, you can do it, but this new king, well, he's a new guy. Maybe we can get some influence and get in there and get him to stop this whole mess. So here's the letter that they write to him. Uh, and this is in uh, Ezra chapter 4. Uh, to King Artaxerxes, from your servants, the men of the region beyond the river, and so forth. Let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to us at Jerusalem and are building the rebellious and evil city and are finishing its walls and repairing the foundations. Get the wordplay here? Let it now be known to the king that if this city is built and the walls completed, they will not pay tax, tribute, or custom, and the king's treasury will be diminished. Now, because we received support from the palace, it was not proper for us to see the king's dishonor. Therefore, we have sent and informed the king that search may be made in the book of records of your fathers, and you will find in the book of records, and know that this city is a rebellious city, harmful to kings and provinces, and that they have incited sedition within the city in former times, for which cause this city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls completed, the result will be that you will have no dominion beyond the river. The king gets the letter. Sends back a letter, shuts it down. Interesting how that's almost a parallel to what's going on today, isn't it? I mean, there are so many groups out there that want to shut the church down. There are so many groups out there that are sending letters. You name it from one side of the aisle to the other side of the aisle. They want to shut down the church because the church is going to bring something that they don't want. See, these guys are happy. Man, they got their pig trough. They're in it, man. We're cool. They don't want to get cleaned up because that's, man, that's where it's at. So in Ezra 4, verse 24, it says, Thus the work of the house of God, which, was at, which is at Jerusalem, ceased, and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. So Artaxerxes goes away. Now Darius comes in. 16 years later, right? Nothing has been going on. The foundation is laid. That's all that's there. Ezra chapter 5. In the seventh month, on the 21st of the month, the word of the Lord came, came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of, here we are again, Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, saying, who is left among you who saw this temple in its former glory? And how do you see it now? How do you see our church? How do you see this church? How do you see any church after the lockdown, after everything stopped? Everything stopped. Building projects for churches, everything stopped. How do you see the church now? We were up over 200 on a Sunday. We're growing. Look at, look at this. This is like huge. And we're building, and we're coming back. Who was left among you who saw the temple in its former glory, and how do you see it now? 
in comparison with it, is this not in your eyes as nothing? Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and be strong, all you people of the land of Margaretville, says the Lord, and I will work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenant with you, covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you, do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is a it is a little while I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to desire to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts, and in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. So you look around. And you say, what's going on here, man? This is, our church is small. We used to be so big. But God is saying, no, no. Don't you remember? It's going to be better than that. Because I am here. Just work. Just go. So the new sheriff's in town, King Darius. And in Ezra, back to Ezra now, we go to chapter 5. It says that then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edo, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josedach, rose up and be It's interesting because there's two different spellings and I got to keep it straight in my head. Began to build a house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. Darius is now in, right? So watch this. This is cool. Because the bad guys, the bad guys wrote a letter to King Artaxerxes and said, these guys are doing badness. Now there's a new king in, and these guys are going to fly under the radar. Because you see, they've already received permission to rebuild it from Cyrus way back in the day. So they're still doing what they were told they could do, the previous king shut it down, so now they're under the radar trying to do it. Watch this. At the same time, Tatanai, the governor of the region beyond the river, and Shethar Bosnai and their companions came to them and spoke thus to them. Who's commanded you to build this temple and finish this wall? Then accordingly, we told them the names of the men who were constructing this building. But the eye of their God was upon the el but the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews. But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, so that they could not make them cease, till a report could go to Darius. Then a written answer was returned concerning this matter. God is allowing him to fly under the radar. God's saying, "Go for it, man." So these guys are now like. Okay, he, they took the names. Who's, who's, who's making you do this? Who said you could do this? Listen, if anybody comes to the door and says, who says you can have church here? You can give them my name. You can give them pastor's name. You can give them Pastor Randy's name. We're, man, we're doing church. We're doing church. And if you have a problem with that, his name is Jesus. That's the big kahuna. You need to talk to him. So here's a copy of the letter. 
And the reason, I, the reason I'm, I'm talking about these letters and all this stuff is because there are so many parallels to today and all the, the stuff that's going on back and forth and the letters that are going one way and the letters that are, and Congress is looking into this letter and this text and all of that stuff. So there's so many parallels of, of today. So here's the king. To Darius the king, all peace. Let it be known to the king that we went into the province of Judea, to the temple of the great God, <laughs> which is being built with heavy stones and timber is being laid in the walls. And this work goes on diligently and prospers in their hands. Then we asked those elders and spoke thus to them, who commanded you to build this temple and to finish these walls? We also asked them their names to inform you that we might write the names of the men who were chief among them. And thus they returned us an answer saying, we are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, which a great king of Israel built and completed. But because our fathers provoked the God of heaven to wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this temple and carried the people away to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to build this house of God. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple that was in Jerusalem and carried them into the temple of Babylon, those King Cyrus took from the temple of Babylon, and they were given to one named Sheshbazar, whom he had made governor. And he said to him, take these articles, go, carry them to the temple site that is in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be rebuilt on its former site. Then the same Sheshbazar came and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. But from that time, even until now, it has been under construction and is not finished. Now, therefore, if it seems good to the king, let a search be made in the king's treasure house, which is there in Babylon, where it is so that a decree was issued by King Cyrus to build this house of God at Jerusalem and let the king send us his pleasure concerning this matter." Nice letter, right? They're not knocking them. They're not negging out. They're just saying, these are the facts. I like that, right? Because they're, they're just, they're being cool. So the king does some investigating, and then he sends a letter back. Very cool letter. Uh, so they, they found a scroll, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm, now I'm going to go to Ezra 6, uh, chapter, uh, verse 1. At verse 3, in the first year of King Cyrus, King Cyrus issued a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations of it be firmly laid, its height 60 cubits and its width 60 cubits, with three rows of heavy stones and one row of new timber. Let the expenses be paid from where? The king's treasury. Also, let the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple, which is in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, be restored and taken back to the temple, which is in Jerusalem, each to its place and deposit them in the house of God. You see, just like the president today, everything is written down. Every conversation, every decree, everything is written down. So they said, who was it? Wolf Blitzer, one of the guys said, let's go to the videotape, right? And they went to the videotape to see what was going on. 
Now, therefore, Tatnai, governor of the region beyond the river, and Shethar Banznei, and your companions, the Persians who are beyond the river, keep yourselves far from there. Get out of there. Leave them alone. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God on its site. Moreover, I issue a decree as to what you shall do for the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God. Let the cost be paid at the king's expense from taxes on the region beyond the river. They're going to pay for it way over there. They're going to pay for the house here. We don't even have to pay for it. They're going to pay for it. If you don't get this, man, this is so cool. This is to be given immediately to these men so that they are not hindered. And whatever they need, young bulls, rams, and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the request of the priests who are in Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day without fail, that they may offer sacrifices of sweet aroma to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. Oh. Also, I issue a decree that whatever alters this edict, let a timber be pulled from his house and erected and let him be hanged on it and let his house be made a refuse heap because of this. And may the God who causes his name to dwell there destroy any king or people who put their hand to alter it or destroy this house of God, which is in Jerusalem. I, Darius, issue a decree. Let it be done diligently. Come on. This guy got a clue. I think this is so awesome. This is, it's like, it's like, it's like God is confounding, right? It's like, how does this happen? How, why would this ever happen? Why would they pay for something that's happening? So it took him four years to rebuild that temple from that point on. And this temple was even greater than Solomon's temple. So the last few books of the Bible, there's a lot of prophecy going on. So I'm kind of skipping around and putting pieces together, but it's all the same story. So Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says this. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Famous scripture. Everybody in this has 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 quoted this scripture. It's probably the most, scripture, most quoted scripture ever. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and she shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple, his hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you for who has despised the day of small beginnings. For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the earth. Don't despise small beginnings. That foundation sat there, just some rocks for 16 years before that temple was built. 
When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and Levites, the son of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising, giving thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His mercy endures forever towards Israel. And then all the people shouted with a great shout, and they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the, the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the father's houses, I know I'm repeating myself, old men who had seen the first temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. The other ones rejoiced. They were, it was like they were weeping so loud that they couldn't differentiate who was crying for, for joy and who was crying because they were like, this is it? This is all we got? Don't be that person. Don't be the person that says, this is us. No, because the, this is the foundation. This is the, it may be smaller, but I'm telling you, it's not the size of the house. It's the size of the hearts in the house. We're exactly what God wants us to be. We can't, we can't think that bigness makes the difference. This, this, is, our, this is our battlefield. This is, this is our 4077 MASH building. This, this is our place. This is, this is us. We are the foundation. So remember I said that even though that was smaller, it was greater than Solomon's temple? Jesus never walked in Solomon's temple, but he walked in Zerubbabel's temple 541 years later. That temple was still standing, and Jesus walked in that temple. He preached in that temple. He taught in that temple. He worshiped in that temple. 541 years that stood. So Dunraven. We started down in Dunraven. Small beginnings, right? It was an L-shaped thing. Floor tiles were flipping up. It was, it, was, it was just, there was a tree holding up part of the building. I mean, really, like a tree. And it was, it, it just, you wouldn't think it was a church. But it was the best thing in the world. And we worshiped in that building, and then we built an addition in that building. It was the pit. It was the pit, and you had to, like, step down four steps to get into the pit. And the stage was this high. It was, it was like the best. We went to the Toronto Blessing. Every, you, I don't care if, if there was Mickey Mouse, you know, giving a sermon. We all got into a car and we drove to, to wherever it was. We drove all over the country. We drove to Florida. We drove everywhere. It, it, road trips were the best. Great American. The Great American came up. Pastor made this like off-the-wall offer. They accepted it. He heard from the Lord. Then we had the Build This Mountain uh, campaign where everybody, every family came and, and we asked the Lord what we're supposed to give. And we gave and that building came and we worshiped in that building. And that building was the catalyst for this building because what that building did was get the attention of a guy named Terry who wanted to see what was going on in there because he had a summer home here. And pastor led him through the cap and Terry is crying, he's weeping, because he's so touched by what we're doing here. Multi-millionaire. He says, I want to be part of this. He, he owns furniture companies in North Carolina. We had 
that place was full of couches and ottomans and, and love seats and, and everything you could imagine that was leather, good American. And we, we had tent sales. We, I, I moved so much furniture in my life. It's incredible. But Terry was the catalyst. And then he said, I want to do something even more. And he built this. I want you to know that it really wasn't Terry who built this building. See, Terry was just a pencil, right, in the hand of God, drawing this landscape that we are now. And we honor Terry because, you see, Terry was wise enough to listen to the voice of God when God said, I want you to do more here. You see how it's building? Don't despise small beginnings. Don't despise small beginnings because from those small beginnings, great things happen, man. Jesus walked in the temple. Jesus is walking in this temple today. He's walking among us. He's here today. Don't despise small beginnings. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at CMCC Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Inglehart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.